Hi folks, it's Paul here, the Impulsive Culinarian, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly IC Podcast. Today, January 13th, 2020. Uh, It's great to be motoring through the very first month of this new decade. The days are getting a little bit longer each morning. You can actually see the sun, depending on when you normally get up. Very reassuring to see that little bit of daylight now on on the regular hours of that work commute. Now, so now here's a question for you. How many New Year's resolutions have you broken so far? (laughs) Now, let me just say that, you know, it's okay if we make promises to ourselves at the beginning of the new year and then break a couple along the way. That never killed anyone. And, you know, we always have best intentions, especially on an important new year like 2020. So don't be too hard on yourselves, folks. If you didn't come through with all the things that you hoped you would start this year, falling off a little bit is fine (laughs) as long as you get back on the horse because it's never too late to start, or even start again, so don't lose hope. So let's have a look back. If you've been following along on my YouTube channel, you see now that our exploration of recipes from Canada and North America uh, has finally come to a close, and what a great pleasure it was to explore those traditional classics during the holiday season. I can't think of a better way to spend time cooking Canadian meals than doing so at Christmas with, you know, French-Canadian tortiere and minced pies. Did some shortbread cookies and puff pastry, gluten-free, dairy-free puff pastry. So it makes me want to get on the bike, you know, and pedal a few thousand kilometers (laughs) to get rid of the calories, just thinking about it. Uh, But seriously, it was so much fun. So hopefully you got a chance to check out some of those videos on the Impulsive Culinary and YouTube channel. The videos aren't going anywhere. They're not going to disappear anytime soon. So there's always you know, lots of time to go and have a look whenever you feel like it. So the current videos, that brings us to current recipe videos that have been posted there on my YouTube channel in the past week, which of course brings to light one very important factoid, a very obvious one. Of course, we've officially changed culinary course now, and I've brought the IC ship to the lovely culinary shores of China. And I've been looking forward to exploring Chinese cuisine for a very long time. So the International Recipe Series was, I will say, predestined uh, to concentrate on Chinese cooking almost immediately after relaunching at the end of 2019 for a couple of reasons. And I'll tell you about those right now. One of the main reasons that I created the International Recipe Series in the first place was to be able to explore various cuisines, right, from all over the world, ones that have intrigued me. And not only to enjoy the variety of flavors and all this, but, you know, more importantly, to really identify with where those recipes came from and to understand them in a, in a truly traditional sense. So no Chinese cuisine in particular has really caught my attention over the years. Uh, they're all, you know, special in their own way, but primarily because... Well, let's let's put it this way. There's there's there are many cities in North America with a district, you know, that we affectionately refer to as Chinatown. So every big metropolis has a Chinatown. If you've ever had the opportunity to eat at some of the restaurants located in these Chinese districts within a larger city, you may have noticed that there are many items on the menu that seem nearly identical, no matter what restaurant you frequent. Another thing with Chinese food made in North America is that I find most of them to be very Americanized. So meaning if you were to travel to China, you probably wouldn't find half of those recipes anywhere. 
at an authentic Chinese restaurant, right? So it makes me sad to think that even though we have such a prominent Chinese presence in almost every city in North America, it seems as though we actually don't know what true Chinese cooking is all about. On the contrary, what we do know or are familiar with is this sort of hybridized or Americanized version of Chinese fast food takeout cooking that has evolved over the past few decades. Now, that's not to say that it is completely different from authentic Chinese cooking. Uh, And again, there are so many different styles of Chinese cooking. And that's not what I'm trying to say, though. So it's just that there are many dishes that we have become accustomed to in Chinese cuisine here in North America that are, albeit very tasty, uh, they don't necessarily represent authentic Chinese cuisine. So in an attempt to learn for myself what an authentic Chinese recipe truly tastes like, I've tried my best to develop recipes that are as close as possible to what you might actually find if you were to travel to China and eat some of the local fare. So in the triumvirate or the triple play of of recipe videos that I release every single week, there's three different styles. So let's talk about those now. One is the allergen friendly series. So this last Tuesday as part of the allergen friendly recipe series, I released a a video for my version of authentic Kung Pao chicken. Now, when it comes to overcoming allergens with Chinese cooking, it's not so much the gluten uh, or even the dairy that you have to worry about, but it's the soy. I mean, good luck trying to find any recipe in Chinese cuisine that does not have soy. So this recipe is not only trying to be authentic to the true version that you would find back in China, but it also offers a soy-free alternative for those who may have forsaken Chinese food, specifically because of this very prominent uh, ingredient, this allergen. Now, of course, make no mistake, I'm very well aware that Kung Pao chicken is loaded with a good portion of either cashews or regular peanuts. Now, in the case of a peanut allergy, it's just it's so simple to basically omit the nuts. And in some cases, for those who are allergic or intolerant to nuts, you might be able to uh, tolerate seeds, which could be an appropriate replacement. But again, this recipe focuses on soy as the main allergen being omitted. So because eating a tasty dish like Kung Pao chicken is just, I think, an essential part of the culinary journey. Okay, so very nice to be able to enjoy a dish like this from time to time. So that's the recipe you'll find in the Allergen Friendly series. And then the second part is the Healthy Recipe series. So this last Thursday, as part of the Healthy Recipe series, I posted a delicious recipe for Chinese chicken chow mein. So this, uh, you know, is done with some lean chicken breast, uh, some baby bok choy, some bean sprouts, egg noodles. I, I, I love this dish. It's one of my absolute favorites of all time. It's such a delicious and health conscious addition to the series. So I hope you'll check that one out as well. And the third recipe you'll find each week is from an international series. So of course, the third video is part of the Chinese recipe series. Uh, and it's the main inspiration for all videos that come out during the course of the week. They sort of influence all of the other stuff. So I knew for the longest time that I was going to be doing an authentic Chinese dumpling recipe. These are just so damn delicious. If you've never had Chinese dumplings before, you absolutely have to give this recipe a try. I mean, this is true Chinese cooking at its best. Now, I've been looking forward to this episode partly because I just wanted to tell you sort of this funny little story. Back during the holidays, um, I brought the girls shopping at my local favorite uh, culinary store called Arez. 
Um, and like most of these kinds of places, there there's a whole bunch of way overpriced stuff that you should just completely avoid at all costs. But they also carry pretty much at least one of everything, you know, that you could possibly imagine ever using in your kitchen. So if you name it, you, you know, you can find it at this kind of store. They probably have what you're looking for. So I was in there over the holidays just before Christmas, and I knew damn well that the Chinese cuisine series was coming up, and I couldn't possibly imagine doing it without some missing proper equipment that I had to pick up. So before pick, uh, fixing up the new test kitchen that, that I work in now, um, here uh, at the IC Test Kitchen, I had this uh, this one pan that I was using constantly, right, uh, for years. I mean, at least once every two or three days, it was a fairly large sort of nonstick wok-style skillet. It's the best way I can describe it. It was shaped like a large wok-style pan, but it had a small flat surface in the middle, so you could put it squarely onto a stovetop uh, without any kind of a support. Uh, now, the fact that it was non-stick may throw you off, but because, you, yeah, because you know, non-stick doesn't go very well with high heat, which is traditional for doing this kind of dish, any kind of stir-fry, Chinese stir-fry. But this pan was just amazing. I could do everything with it. I could cook over high heat, medium, you name it. And the non-stick surface would always just sort of remain intact. Literally, it was my favorite pan. I loved this thing. Now, fast forward to late last year when I was finally able to start using my new induction stovetop. Uh, with the fancy double oven and the new kitchen. And, well, you should have seen the look on my face, okay, when I discovered that this favorite pan of mine could not be used on the new induction stovetop. Uh, I was devastated. I had never, I never suspected that this amazing pan, which I thought was always going to be with me because it was such a good quality product, for some reason or another, it just wasn't magnetic, right? It doesn't work with an induction stovetop, so it wasn't made of the right material. And so therefore, not able to be used on my new induction stovetop. So there I was in my favorite culinary store over the holidays, knowing full well that I was going to put money down on an induction-friendly wok. Uh, but the real deal this time, no non-stick or anything like that. I wasn't going to take the chance that it would be as good as that old pan that I'd used for so long. So I picked up an induction-friendly wok and, of course, some steamer baskets, those bamboo steamer baskets that you see all the time. Uh, and uh, Chinese cuisine in effect, all right? So with the right tools, anything is possible. So long story, I know, but the whole point is that if you want to make authentic Chinese dumplings or Chinese stir-fried dishes, you know, those bamboo steamer baskets and a good wok for the stir-fries, it's essential, absolutely essential. So it is with the distinct pride <laughs> that I'm able to bring you this recipe released just last Saturday for Chinese uh, siu mai dumplings okay these are filled with a delicious but subtle mixture of ground pork ground prawns or shrimp uh, some minced garlic and ginger and just the right amount of seasonings now, of course from my research i learned that the traditional way to prepare these is to leave the top of the dumpling exposed so that you can just see the contents inside and it gives you an opportunity to decorate with a, a variety of ingredients anyway so i hope you'll check this out so these are the latest three videos on my YouTube channel that you'll see every single week. Three new videos complete with links to the full recipes and instructions that can be found on ImpulsiveCulinarian.com. So I sincerely hope you will enjoy. Now, I wanted to say, if you have any recipe suggestions, I would love to hear from you. So don't be shy. Jump over to the Impulsive Culinarian page on Facebook, and you'll see in the About section there, you can hit the Send Message link. 
to send me any ideas you might have for upcoming recipes, ingredients you'd like me to try in the icy kitchen, or even suggestions for what kind of cuisine you would like me to explore. It'd be great to hear from you, so feel free to drop me a line. Uh, And next week, looking ahead, you can expect some more delicious recipes hailing from China as we wrap up our second week in the Chinese recipe series. I'm having such a great time exploring the authentic ingredients and preparations of Chinese cuisine. So I hope you'll subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys, in order to come along for the Impulsive Culinarian International Cuisine Ride. So there you have it, folks. That's the story this week, bringing you up to date on everything from the IC community. A special shout out to all of you who have left such great comments on the YouTube videos. You're great for my ego. But more importantly, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that you actually take the time to write anything at all. It means a lot to me. So thank you for that. Now, let me wrap up, as always, by encouraging you to think about ways of promoting more sustainable food practices by eating local produce whenever possible, buying seasonal ingredients, and knowing where your food comes from. Befriend your farmer, your fishmonger, and especially your butcher. Make them part of your culinary routine, and most of all, have fun in the kitchen. Invite the young ones to help, because it will make a difference in their lives. My name is Paul, the Impulsive Culinarian. Happy cooking. Happy cooking.